And so in 2009, April 2009 exactly, I tithed off the savings I had. I bought all the things I needed. And my last bit of money, I gave it to the guy to pay for my first month, my last month rent. And I started my business with less than $200 in my pocket. I started that, that first month very fearful. Here I am today. That business has been around for 14 years. It's opened the door for four other businesses that I own. It's paid for me to go to law school. And has allowed me to do things I'm doing now to take care of my family. And that journey as an entrepreneur has taught me so many things. One day I hope as I'm mentoring others, I can keep passing on even to my children. This is Caesar Walker, the cool, calm, collected one. And I'm Ronnie Gatry, the emotional one. And we are the Tipping Point Podcast, your source for the black male's perspective. Tipping Point Podcast. Peace and blessings, everyone. We want to welcome you to the latest and greatest episode. Shout out to all of our listeners, both new and old. We want to thank you guys for definitely taking time to listen to our latest episode. Gatry, how are you this lovely evening, sir? Uh, I have survived a root canal. Other than that, I'm okay. <laughs> Was not expecting that. Survived, huh? Survived, yes, yes. It sounds like there should be a documentary associated with this experience. Are you um, surviving something? But I would be up for a full documentary on my root canal procedure for sure. Was yeah. it like earlier this week or just It was clear? T- today, earlier today, yeah. Really? So, yeah. Did but, your uh, wife have to hold your hand through the experience? No, you know. You wish she did? No, no, I'm not. I'm not good in the dental chair with my wife. I'm not. I'm just, uh, yeah, I just need a diaper and a pacifier. Like, I turn into the biggest baby. So this one, uh, she referred out. So, uh, <laughs> but, you know, oddly enough, when I'm in the presence of other dental professionals, I do fine. <laughs> Go figure. Huh. Interesting, and, and you know my wife doesn't baby me at all. You know, and you I, I don't know have, why. You have an expectation yeah. that she will. I don't. I don't know, but I've been like that. And then it's just like most of the times, like what she's doing does not hurt. Is it uncomfortable? Yes, yeah, a dentist, right? Sure. But I overreact, and I don't know why I do that because it makes her sick. Maybe that's why I do it because it just drives her crazy. So I don't know. Yeah, I keep her on the toes sometimes, a little bit. Sometimes that's our our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Black, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Nothing eventful this week. No root canals? No. Okay. How's Ultimate Frisbee going, man? Uh, somehow our team is still undefeated. That's what I'm talking about. How many games? Uh, we're 6-0. and Buddha lovers. <laughs> Y'all we, knew I was going to say. If we had a soundtrack, <laughs> right? if we had an instrumental. Um, you the MVP? Oh, no. Okay. Now, the MVP is our captain. He actually plays for, like, a uh, a professional team called Atlanta Hustle. Oh. He's our captain, so he sort of – he helps – He he's like a safety valve for our team. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I'll share this because we talked about this pre-pod. But um, Black's never going to say it, but, dude, he's amped up about the world games. As you should be, man. As you want you me to keep going or – I'm waiting for the amped up part. Aren't you amped up about the uh, what's the ultimate frisbee, World Games? Yeah, you got your ticket? No. You got your VIP? No. You do? They have VIP? Yes, black black is there, Buddha. V- VIP at John Carroll High School? Yes, it okay. exists. Okay. <laughs> well, you got the inside track. You should help me get. Up. I got you. Like I know you have it, but if you didn't, I got you. Okay. I know a few folks up there. This is all y'all are witnessing. This he has to hook up for me now. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I, that's between y'all two. Keep me out. <laughs> Let of me guess. It. You're not as amped up about. <laughs> I'm amped up about this guest we have. Oh, okay, okay. I'm Talk about, about it. This guest. Talk about it. Oh no no How no no! Doing? How are you doing, Walker? Back to you. <gasps> you know what? I'm so used to not being asked. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, see again, I just, again. I just move right on. <laughs> this is on me. This is on me because since that one episode where I just totally forgot about you. I've been like, you know what? I got to make sure I check in with Walker, and I did not do that today. I'm doing well. Good. I am doing very well. Thanks for asking. Of course. I thanks. Well, I, I, I didn't. Th- I didn't. Well, <laughs> thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, gentlemen, because I definitely was getting ready to move on. <laughs> but we do have a guest. This is my turn to introduce the guest, right? Bring so, it, Walker. Gatry, I don't know this guy's bank account, but I would have to assume that this is a wealthy man. The reason why I make that assumption is having observed this guy in the time that I've gotten to know him, he demonstrates a lot of the traits that I see in wealthy people. And I know that this man will always be successful as a result. Just to name a few of the traits. This guy has always been very self-aware of who he is and has always have had a determination about him. You combine that with a serious work ethic, which, in my opinion, I believe is second to none. One of the things that you know about wealthy people, and oftentimes people tend to kind of look down on wealthy people, is based on how they treat people and treat others. They get this reputation for being kind of ruthless, right? Don't get that from him. And I think a big part of that is, is his faith, is a big part of who he is and his value system. He's a guy of character. And because of that, I've just seen him do things that has marveled. And I think one of the things that I'm saying it here, man, I'm, I'm doing a better job of letting people know that you admire them and you respect them. Right. Um, and I do admire what he's become, what he's doing in the community professionally. And this guy has time <laughs> to be a devoted husband and father, which another thing you see kind of wealthy people tend to compromise. Mm-hmm. Something that you didn't know, Gatry, is he found out that I was doing a podcast years ago and and wanted and threw, threw it out there, planted the seed of wanting to come on. I took that seed and put it in a bag, <laughs> didn't plant it. But as, as our podcast has begun to shift and we begin to really bring men on to really speak on manhood and things that kind of help men uh, be better. I remember this guest. I remember this person when they, they offered and I, I really believe he's a personification of timing, divine timing. So I'm pleased to present to you guys successful businessman, family man, and just an all-around great guy, pardon me, that I would describe as the ultimate hustler, Dr. Luis Rodriguez. How'd I do? I do all right? I do all right? Uh, Awesome. I think you, well, you weren't asking me, were you? Huh? Yeah. Oh, I think you nailed it. You know, okay. you know how I go about intros. I, yeah. Okay, because you you the intro uh, guy. Oh my so. goodness, I lose sleep over him. You nailed that one, bro. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for those kind words. <laughs> well, it, it, it definitely it, it's no fluff. Like these are things I've definitely, and I don't think I've ever told you that. So 
definitely uh, something I wanted to share, you know, with you as I introed you. How are you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. Um, I thank God just to be doing what I'm doing. Um, today's this week has actually been a great week because me and my family we just got back from the beach, and I believe you got to work hard, but you also got to play hard. So um, other than that, I'm doing well. Awesome, awesome. Give the people a brief kind of high level elevator elevator pitch of what you do and all that good stuff. Well, um, very simply, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I got started. My desire to be an entrepreneur um, actually started when I was in college. Um, I had a professor who was teaching me economics. And at first, like everyone else, I was going to school to get a good job, work. But I'll never forget the day I was studying for his exam. And I ordered me a pizza because I was hungry. And knock at the door was my professor. And at first, I'm looking at him like, you know, just clueless what's going on here. And he kind of just told me, he said, look, life happens. So you better study hard and be prepared. That's what he told me. But once, and I tipped him. You know, he left. I tipped him. And I sat there for about two hours. This is a true story. And this is mm-hmm. no lie. And I said, man, I don't want this. And so I went from wanting to uh, just be a regular student to start planning things out. And I read Colin Powell's biography where he felt like, you know, though there is a thing called racism out there, we are, you are another color when you are a veteran. And so I went wanting to get, get through a college, go into the military, let them pay for that debt. Hello. Mm. Let them pay for the other parts of my education. And in the military, I just started to write down my goals as to wanting to be an entrepreneur. Didn't know what it was going to look like. Um, I did a few things, but one day I just prayed, I said, Lord, you know, because I was doing jazz events and comedy shows, not being a comedian, but putting them together. And I made some pretty good money, but I didn't want to be in the nightlife. So I prayed about it. And I woke up, I'll never forget, detail your way came across my forehead. Now, guys, listen to this. In the military, even though I knew how to wash a car, I wasn't trying to wash no car. I was right. the worst among all my friends. If we go wash our cars, Lewis, you left this. Man, I don't care. But when I prayed about it, and the Holy Spirit gave me the detail way across my mind, I had this hunger to just want to be, to learn and, and just research detailing. And so I started that business while I was in the military. Now, fast forward, when I got honorably discharged in 2009, I come home thinking, okay, at first, I'm not going to try to be a business person. Let me get my feet on some solid ground, get a job in the government field. But nobody was hiring. During that time, you had the government freeze going on. Mm. Even to a point where I lowered, I lowered my pride, I was going to even go work at Walmart just to give myself a chance to kind of get my feet established. But, you know, we both go to the same church. And at the time, Pastor Mike gave a teaching on faith. And that teaching, it really put me in a position to step out on faith and start doing business. So in 2009, April 2009 exactly, I tithed off the savings I had. I bought all the stuff I needed for when I did my homework. I, did all, I bought all the things I needed. And my last bit of money, I gave it to the guy to pay for my first month, my last month rent. And I started my business with less than $200 in my pocket. Okay. And it was off that teaching that I I started that first month very fearful. But here I am today. That business has been around for 14 years. It's opened the door for four other businesses that I own. It's paid for me to go to law school. And it's allowed me to do things I'm doing now to take care of my family. Now, am I where I, am I where I want to be? All the way, but I'm very thankful for, for where I am. And that journey as, a, as an entrepreneur has taught me so many things, ample things that I think 
Um, one day I hope as I'm mentoring others, I can keep passing on even to my children. And so uh, that's what I've been doing. I'm a full-blooded entrepreneur, and I'm not turning back. Could you could you mind listing what some of those other businesses are that was birthed from Detail Your Way? Sure. So I was always my mom's cleanest child. Like if you went, if you came to visit our house, you would go to my room, and my room would have like animals, fish, all organized. My room, it was just clean. Mm-hmm. And so as I got in the military, I was always over facilities, uh, making sure as a sergeant how I kept the facilities just dress right dress. That's a military term. And so when I, when I started detailing business, I was, at the time, I was robbing Peter to pay Paul. And so I got another idea. Well, won't you love cleaning. Won't you start a cleaning business? So the other business is the cleanup squad. That business was birthed in 2013 officially. And it's been, doing, been going on ever since. Then from there, as I started making money and building wealth, um, one of my biggest passions has always been just being financially stable. So I started LGR Financial Services. And, and what I did from there, I just started learning the habits of money, knowing how to get out of the debt, knowing how to invest, um, but more importantly, how to fix credit. And so those things led me to that. I was also, even in the military, I was counseling people on how to use their money they, they, they saved in Iraq to start doing things like a business or whatever. And so from there, um, I started, once I got in law school, that's when I started looking at other things to do. And here I am today owning a title insurance business called Noble Title and Escrow, where all the real estate transactions that go on, you'll come to our office and we sit there to help make that transaction possible, right? And then I'm a regional vice president in the insurance and financial arena for Primerica. And so all those businesses have been going on. And me and my wife have just now started an investment consulting firm called uh, Heart to Investments, you know, and we're, that's where we're going to get in real estate and buy more properties and, and teach people to do the same thing. And so all those things came from a business where, I'm not going to lie, when I first started, people looked down on me, even some of my frat brothers. I remember one time me and my wife, we were just dating at the time, I went to a movie, and one of my, one of my frat brothers who actually took me through, who actually crossed me, he said, Lewis, man, it's good to see you. You're still washing cars. And so I looked at him. I said, yeah, man, I am. And I was kind of bold. I said, it's paying me 400000 a year, so I'm going to keep doing it. He looked at me like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so my wife knew it hit me, and I told God, you know. Sometimes you got to hit him with the flex, Lewis, to get him off your back. But yeah, yeah. And look, <laughs> you Lewis, Lewis, just for clarity, what, I'm curious what fraternity this is you're, you're speaking of. I can't. I'm not going to put it out there. I love my bros too much to okay. keep that. But no, I know. Look, <laughs> but but I, if, if Gatry asked, <laughs> then you can take a wild guess, those of you who are listening. <laughs> but let me, also, let me also say I got a lot of support from the frat brothers, too. Okay, absolutely. Okay. It was just, yeah, absolutely. you know, that time. And then, of course, some family and friends didn't quite. Because, you know, when I got the idea, when I started learning the business, I learned on the East Coast, there were guys who worked for guys like me making six figures doing it. So mm. they were working for the people making six figures. So coming to the South with an idea of washing cars or detailing, they couldn't put that. They thought that's something you do to get somewhere. Right. But it was just a, a mindset thing. But uh, I always had the goal to kind of build that business and do more with it. And I had three locations at one point. And I sold two to pay for law school. So those that business, you know, has done very well for me and my family. But, um, yeah, you know, you'd be surprised what – something small can grow into just with being consistent with it. The look on Gatry's face says it all. Cause I'm wondering it as well. How do you find the time? 
Is, am I am I in your no, head? No, I'm I'm not even that far yet. I'm I'm still on two hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you know that if you want me to expand on that, I will. Um, that's my testimony. But I want to say something for those who are listening. I'm not one who wants to talk about the glory without the pain. Mm. Um, I I was at a time where I couldn't pay my rent. When I first went full time, I, I had a hard time paying my rent. I couldn't pay my car note. Thank God for a good church. They came and rescued me a couple of times. Uh, like I said before, I was robbing Peter to pay Paul because not because I was doing anything wrong, but when you're new in business, and especially when you're doing it full time. Now, mind you, if I had a, if I'm mentoring someone, I would say get a get a job and do it part time, just like I did in the military. Yeah. But because I really had no choice and I, and I refused to be a couch potato, I had two hundred dollars in my pocket once I bought everything I needed, made the investment, tithe. But I did. But I one thing I did have was sweat equity and drive. There was nothing that you can say to me that was going to keep me from doing it. And I knew that I could do it, but I would tell anybody who wants to do a business, you will go through some tough times. You're going to have to push forward, persevere, because that's where you really understand the award. That's when you really appreciate it. And so it taught me to be a better manager of of money. So when I had that $200, I paid for everything I needed to pay, get all the lights turned on, pay all the deposits. I made a, a Excel sheet that I still have to this day. I still have proof of this very first one where the Holy Spirit had me to look at all my bills and then make and have a, a, a system of how much I need to earn per day to make sure I can cover all those things. Hmm. And so at, to this time, I only had to make $133 a day to make sure all my stuff was straight. And that was my number. And so that's what I did. And so with that teaching from the church on faith, along with putting some work behind it, I said, okay, so I know my numbers. I even knew based on the rain days, because, you know, it rains in my business. That can affect your business. So I said, okay, I can't go off the 30-day window. I got to go off the 20-day window. So on the 20-day window, I knew I had to make 133. And if if the rain didn't come that many days, it was just icing on the cake, right? And so those are the things it teaches you. When you're in those moments, you can either cry about it, com- complain about it, or just keep looking for opportunities to grow. Yeah. You know. How how talk about now that now that you have you've grown and you have other projects that you're working on. Talk about the work ethic behind that. What how how does Lewis define having a strong work ethic as a man? That's a great question, Caesar. Um, I got to first put the honor on my parents. Uh, my parents um, worked very hard, and they still do to this day. Um, my mom and dad both had situations where they, it was a blended family. She, you know, she had her issues; he had his. And um, and I'm, when I say my dad, this is a man who was not my biological father, and but being a stepdad, he stepped in the gap. Right. And both of them, through just some of the trials they were going through, had to work really hard. And they were very faithful to that to the point where they had to sacrifice. You know, this is why, you know, I want to be there for my kids. I want to take them out and do fun stuff because my parents, they had to work hard, but they also couldn't play sometimes. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and so I, I saw that and I said, so I don't want that kind of life, though I know they love me and they're trying to do their best to provide. Do I want that for mine? Right. No. Do I want to have more month than money when it comes to how things go? So what drives me 
is first of all, you know, faith our works is dead, right? I know what I want. I'm not going to just sit here and say, Lord God, give it to me. I got to go out there and get it. And I feel like I have to outwork the competition, right? That's, I guess you can call it the mamma mentality before that mamma mentality was being spoken about. But from day one, with that $200, I'll never forget the fear that came over me. I had to keep speaking to myself that, you, hey, you can't let that fear get to you. Thank God for that teaching from Pastor Michael and Faith. It helped me get past it because that first month was the worst month for me. But it was also, I tell people, the, the two, is there, it can be two motivating factors in life. It can either be something negative or something positive, either through a loved one or a person. And because that was a hard time for me coming home, nobody's hiring. You can even ask Cindy, you know, I even broke up with her at that time because I told her, look, I'm not going to let you take care of me. I need to focus on getting my money right. And, you know, that was a big sacrifice, right? So I was very dedicated and serious about trying to make things happen. And it, it had to take a work ethic that I felt like no one needed to tell me I'm going to do it, go ahead and do it myself. So be a self-starter, a self-initiator. Um, that's, that's the key point to being driven. And lastly, on that question part, is be good with your time. Like, one thing about me, I still keep a written calendar, I always make sure that my time is, you know, believe it or not, as an entrepreneur, your most valuable asset is not your money, it's your time. You know, you need to make sure that when you're in that structure of what you're doing, let that be your focus. And then once that time that you allotted is done, you go to something else or you're going to be all over the place. So um, I, I take that very seriously, and I always try to encourage people to be, be self-driven. That's why it's always on my social media, you know, LGR is driven. I'm never going to stop, you know. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Man, uh, Lewis, I, that the wherewithal to, to get your analytics or metrics down to the number per day, man, like that, that just speaks volumes to me. Like I'm super impressed with that. And one thing I just want to commend you on, uh, I have a good friend that uh, owns his own digital media company and a lot of the principles that you shared with us are things he's been telling me since I've known him. So I think it fuels for him at least, and it seems like for you, fuels that that drit that self driven mentality you got to have. So um, just wanted to wanted to give you kudos there because that that means a lot to me personally. Um, I am curious though, your your businesses they don't they don't really play in the same <laughs> same ball field. Uh, if you could give us give us some insight on how how you go you, you know what what was it in detailing cars that said, you know what, I'm going to go do this, and then so forth? You know, that's such a great question. I guess it goes to the hustle part. You know, when you are, when you have that hustle, you do look for opportunities to make the best of opportunities. But it also comes from self-education, uh, too. One thing I learned when it comes to recession, I mean, I built my business during a recession. And what I learned was that service businesses are really recession-proof. So when you look at it, most people, even when we go through hard times, they will still spend money for things that they don't want to do themselves. And all you got to do is, you know, when you look at a recession, a recession is usually a certain quarters that get between beyond six to 18, between six and 18 months. So if you can have a business that can still make revenue during that time frame, it's almost like you didn't even feel a recession, right? Now, you may have to make smart decisions about how many people you hire and, and what kind of things you spend or don't spend. But for the most part, service businesses are recession-proof. 
Then also providing a need or, or making sure there's a passion behind providing that need. So I always love, you know, cleaning. So since cars was, was already there, I went from doing that to apartments, to homes, to businesses. And so, you know, it's just always keeping your head on the swivels. It's in the military where you look for opportunities, but you also look for um, ways to keep going through even struggling times. So a recession, I tell people, if you want to build a business, uh, have a few. And then Robert Kisaki, he said, look, uh, nine out of ten businesses fail. So create nine businesses. And I took that to heart. You know, like if one business was to fail, you, all of them going to fail. One going to have to work, Jack. And so, you know, it's, that's the thing. You know, um, being mindful of, of the situation um, along with, you know, putting the right service together, but also trying to make sure that if you're out here trying to hit a bullseye, throw as many darts at it. Some of, one of them going to have to land inside that bullseye. True. Right? So um, that's – so that's why they're, you know, believe it or not, financial services is my biggest passion. Before I started the car wash business, I was going to start the financial services, and I had at the time I got an affiliate with uh, American Express, but then I got shipped off to Iraq in two thousand three. So that's why the financial service business is not really the legit first business, even though at the time I was trying to get that going. So, um, so yeah, that's how that is. You know, just looking at the need. Looking at what can be bulletproof when you go when you're going through uh, trying times, and then of course letting once you get the funds or to get yourself in a certain position, then you can let other ideas that you always want to do come around, and that's how that kind of blended in there. Gotcha, Lewis. You mentioned, of course, uh, our pastor. You mentioned Robert Kiyosaki. You seem like a learner. Uh, you seem like a person who loves information. For you to grow and be successful whether it's professionally, family life, or just improving yourself. Talk about the importance of, of reading and, and what, what type of books or authors or people have had the pro, most profound impact on you. Well, you know, reading is fundamental, right? <laughs> but <laughs> truth be told, you have to have a desire for personal development and education. Um, knowledge really is power because you can have a bunch of money, but if you don't know how to apply the money, then what does that do? So knowledge is power because once you know how to use that knowledge, no one can stop you. That was the one reason why I wanted to go to law school, because I felt like as an African-American, as a minority, I needed to know my rights to protect my family and the things I'm trying to grow in business. And then, two, um, understanding that in this country, the, ba- the way our laws are governed if you are a homeowner, a landowner, or a business owner, that's where most of the tax laws and the laws really affect you from a positive standpoint. So, you know, for me, like Robert Kiyosaki, you know, of course, my author's going to rub my head, but uh, there's, a, there's a book, an author that wrote uh, From Going From Good to Great. Um, there's a guy who, who wrote uh, The Millionaire Mind, um, mm-hmm. Napoleon Hill, you know, Think, think, think Big. Yeah, Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. rich. Uh, and then, of course, the Proverbs, you know, um, the Proverbs book is really a great book because there's a lot of wisdom in there. You know, pastors talk about that. But I, I'm reading a book now called The Culture of Money. And I, I would encourage every minority who can hear my voice on this on this podcast to go look for that book. It's called The Culture of Money. And pretty much what it's talking about, I'm reading that right now, it's talking about how there's about to be a transfer of wealth coming where $68 trillion 
in the next 25 years is going to be transferred. And unfortunately, only 3% of the African-American community will be in a position to tap into that. Just 3%. That's really very alarming. Yeah. And so, you know, how do you know? If you don't know, you don't know how to do better. So, you, you know, reading is very important to me. Um, studying and, and always asking questions is, is important to me. Jim Rohn is, is another author and, and motivator I listen to. Um, you have to do the research, guys. Do the homework. If you're going to start a business, if you're going to be in a certain career, our great Lord says, and I'm, I know everybody I believe like I do, but, you know, consider the cost before you go build something. you got to consider the cost. Do your research. So once you get yourself in a position to start doing it, no one can sway you, right? It's almost like that battle situation we read in history where the guy told his troops, look, I'm going to burn all our boats. We're not going back home until we take their boats. So either you win this war <laughs> or we don't go back home. Right. And you got to have a no, no uh, retreat, no surrender mentality when it comes to that. And so that's very important to me. Um, did I answer your question there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so back to me. <laughs> uh, if I if I could pivot a little bit, because I, I I would like for you to expound if you're comfortable. But um, you talked about uh, the, the relationship with your wife and um, how you it seems like you may have put that off while you were building your businesses. Um, can you can you dive a little deeper on that? I'm going to say something profound and hopefully I don't know if it's low key is listening or not. So I want to say this in a good way. And so let me premise this. Um, it's like this. When you're dating a woman you love, okay, you gotta understand in my just from my viewpoint of it, um, women have needs like children. Okay. And then two, um, like your children, if you love them, you cannot avoid those needs, right? So being that she wasn't my wife at the time, I understood then from a mentor uh, that, look, you never treat your wife like she's, you never treat your girlfriend like she's your wife. So I knew that I, you don't ever make a decision with your girlfriend as if she's your wife because you never know how it's going to go. So I, I had a talk with her. I said, look, you know, you know the situation I'm dealing with. I have to focus on this. If I'm still trying to date and I'm still in debt, what is that going to do for me? If I'm still trying to, you know, date and, and, and cater to you, you know, I really can't cater to you the way I des you deserve until I'm able to get myself taken care of. And for those who are veterans, you know, there's a thing called a tourniquet. You know, when you're in the Army, they teach you about this thing about applying a tourniquet. And that is, let's say if I was shot right here or my leg, you apply this tourniquet to save the limb, to keep the blood going to where it can, it can bleed out and, and things of that nature. Now, the thing about it is, you don't want to, if, if you've been shot, you don't want to go over here and try to put the tourniquet on your, on your battle buddy who's also in the same position because you got to save yourself first, right? So I had to save myself first, and lo and behold, by her being uh, faithful and understanding that she didn't push on it, you know, we got back together once things improved. She's, now she ain't got to work. She's at home. She's able to be at home with the kids. And when I say work, let me just say to every mother, when you're taking care of kids, that's work. <laughs> Right, and then she has to, you know, you know, still support me and what I'm doing because a lot of times, you know, I have her do things for the businesses. But yeah, I had to have that long talk because when you're when you're trying to focus on building something, sometimes a woman can be a distraction. They don't mean to be, 
but sometimes we allow them to be. And so if you're really serious about getting yourself together, I tell some of my guys who I mentor when they're very young, brother, if, you, if you're in debt, if you don't have a car or a place to stay, what are you doing dating? What are you doing dating, right? If you're not through with school, you're not through with trying to pursue what you're trying to pursue, they can really get you ahead. What are you doing dating? You don't need a girlfriend. You need to be the lover of yourself right now. And so that was all it is. I was trying to make sure that I practice what I preach, what I believe. Excuse me. Excuse me. Hmm. So that way, you know, when we did get together, if that was, a, if that was God's plan, I can do for what I'm doing now. So that was really important to me. John C. Maxwell says that a leader who has no one following is just taking a walk. Wow. Right. Very profound. So for her to be understanding, you 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 gave her a lot of credit and, and I know your wife. Hey Cindy. <laughs> I know your wife. And for a lot of people that wouldn't go over well. Right. For her to be willing to go along with that meant that there was something to follow. Talk about the importance of of having purpose before that special person comes along? You know, purpose, I mean, without a purpose, I mean, a, a man's existence is still obsolete, right? I mean, you got to have purpose for whatever you're going to do in this life, and so purpose is very important. I mean, you have to consider what type of life you want to have. And I think any woman who marries a man sees purpose in him, right? Think about it. Our wives, all of us are married here. Do you really think they would have said yes to you asking for their hand in marriage if they didn't see some purpose or some, some or have real full confidence in where you're going in life? Yeah. So one thing I always put on my social media, too, is I know where I'm going. My wife knew I always knew where I was going. Even though I, hit that, I had hit that snag where I came home, everybody was hiring she always knew that I was trying to aim for a higher plane, right? And so I think if you're going to be a leader, <clears throat> people have to see that you're winning, that you're trying, that you're that you're going to put forth the effort first. Um, and when you're when you are a leader, the first place your leader is in your home. And so yes, I mean I think that you know write my goals down, talking to her about my goals, and then like I tell some guys, people, you know I have some people ask me, man. <clears throat> my wife just don't support me. My girlfriend don't support me. Well, if you're playing video games 70% of the time or 50% of the time, I mean, what you expect? You, so you tell your wife or your woman you're going to do something, but then she never sees you sitting at the table in the office actually putting those things to practice or putting forth the effort, right? So that's my point. Just like a child is more caught than taught, so is belief in you. Someone's got to see that you're about your business to feel like, okay, you're serious about this thing. I'm going to support you, even though it may hurt for right now. It may not feel good right now. There is a promised land you're trying to get to, and as long as you're actually making that effort, then that's what I think needs to happen for a good wife or anybody to, to follow you and believe that you're, that you're going to get to a better place. And so that can happen without you having a purpose, a vision, and – you need to write it down. If you're listening to this, write it down. I can show you old, old papers of things I wrote down that, man, I'd be like, God, this is really true. I mean, I wrote down going to law school. I wrote down having these businesses. I wrote down, you know, getting married this time and having two children. I mean, it was all, it's oh, wow. funny. 
And so here it is. It's actually coming to fruition, and uh, I can't do nothing but thank God for that. Man, Lewis, I'm a, I'm a very transparent and vulnerable dude. So uh, I don't know if you've listened to us before, but, like, <laughs> I put my feelings out on the table week in and week out. But one thing you made me think about was, um, man, I know, I know when, my, when I started courting my wife, from the external, I, had, I checked all the boxes. Educated, employed. I haven't had a house at a really young age, right? Mm-hmm. And um, she, she saw all these things. You made me think about, like, what was her viewpoint on it? But one thing I didn't realize till later on in life was that during that time, I really lacked purpose. Mm. I, was, I, was, I was working. <laughs> I, had a, I had a really good job. Um, you would be considered killing it by a lot of people's standards. Right, yeah, right. Really. But I was afraid to admit it. But, like, I knew, I knew that's not, well, I guess I did have purpose. I knew that's not what I wanted, but I was still going through the motions. But I just didn't know what that looked like right. until years later. So, okay, I got to refer. Okay, okay, I think I just talked my way through that. Forgive me. Thank you. (laughs) Keep in mind that just because when you have purpose, it doesn't mean that everything is in place, right? It just means that you you know know where you're going. You know what direction. It doesn't mean you're not going to have some detours. You're going to have some potholes. You're not going to have some repairs you're going to have to make to yourself along the way. And sometimes we, we, you know, I I was in those positions sometimes. You're like, man, this is not going to work. But even though you may tell yourself that you got to keep telling yourself even more, it will work. And so just cause you have purpose doesn't mean that you're not going to have feelings of, of doubt. Um, but as long as you know that you are trying to go in a certain direction pretty soon through all the detours and situations, you will get to that destination. I mean, think about it. The children of Israel was in, was in marching Oof, for 40, 40 years. years yeah. 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 They were going, <laughs> the place was not even that far away, but they got there. Right. right. It didn't look pretty. They got there. And so, with purpose, you know, you're not going to always look, it's not going to always look pretty, but the goal is that you're keep marching and you will get there. Yeah. You know? And, and, and I'll say this walking, I promise I'll share, I'll share the mic. One of the things that I believe the Lord did to help me really grasp and bind to that purpose was take that job I had away from me. You know what I mean? Because it, it was when, when I, when I did get laid off, it was such a shock <laughs> to a lot of people. Cause it's like, I, I've been working there since I was 15 years old. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was such a shock. I was even shocked. You know what I mean? But, um, I'm so thankful for that. Now you, I, you, I would have never said that during the time, but right. I've learned so much about myself and I've been able to really hone in and focus on a purpose because mm-hmm. of that. Right. And I, and I often think like, Man, if I had just been staying there going through the motions, would I ever have gotten there? So, yeah. Right. Thank you. I, I heard I heard this said before is like men are kind of like dump trucks. We tend to drive straight when there's a heavier load <laughs> on us. <laughs> right? Right. No and lies I, and told. I, and I think, I think when we feel that pressure – that's when the lights come on and we perform. Right. So I think that's what that's what you're basically described for yourself. Oh, it's yeah. Like once that got removed – now let's get to going. Yeah, because there's it's no showtime. Sense, there's no sense of urgency if you got that security blanket and your job still there, right? Right. So, right. Uh, Lewis, um, I want to ask you this because I hear people, you know, you have big dreams, you have big goals, but then there's the the conversation of delusion, 
Right. And so I've heard I've heard people talk about, hey, you know, if you 40 and you want to be a rapper or you 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 still got that hoop dream of going to the league, but you you way past, (laughs) you know, your prime. You know what I mean? What's what is the in your opinion, what is the difference between what is the line between having a big dream and goal versus being completely delusional in your opinion? Well, some we've heard before. I mean, I, I think the goal has to be measurable, um, obtainable. That's good. Um, it, it gets delusional when you're trying to be 50 years old and you want to be still like Mike, you know, or you want to be 50 years old and you want to still. Now, look, let me say this, too. I do believe there's an important role we play in being a good encourager because I don't know a person's faith. You got to remember, we can't put none past God after what he did with Abraham and Sarah. Right. But at the same time, you know, yes, I mean, being realistic, a lot of times you got to set realistic goals. You got to have it where it can be measured so you can also update yourself to see are you able, are you getting there? Okay. So if you're trying to be a millionaire tomorrow, the only way you're going to do that is by hitting the lottery. But the thing about being a millionaire tomorrow, did you get the skills, the understanding, the, 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 the ability they acquired to be a millionaire. I would rather get the time of learning to be a millionaire. So now I can take those traits and pass them to my children, other people. If you just give, put me, put a, a million dollars in front of me today and I don't know how to really manage it, I'm going to lose it. Absolutely. So you got to make sure if you're trying to, if you're trying to do something, guys, make sure that you are, it's, it's, it's measurable, it's obtainable, and you're willing to, uh, Set the wheels in motion to make it happen. Uh, so many people talk the talk. And, you know, that's where I feel, look, can you talk yourself into something? Of course. I mean, you know, life and death is the power of the tongue. But in the, the day, it still has to be what's in here and what's up here. These things got, got to align with what you're saying. Yeah. And a lot of times people are just trying to talk to hear themselves talk. And there's no real genuine um, um, belief there. It's just... Okay, we're around people who need to hear me say this, but people know it. I mean, and so, yes, I mean, if you're going to go out to something, like I said, write it down, you know, talk to yourself about it, ask yourself, you know, how long you want to make it happen, <clears throat> what's going to, what it's going to cost you to make it happen, do you have to relocate, where should you locate, do you need a mentor? I always tell you, yes, you want a mentor, someone that can give you guidance to, to know if there's a hole right here to avoid that. Not that you're not going to still hit some, but it never hurts to get that wisdom. And just make sure that it's something that you know you can do and don't, and don't settle. Don't, don't let distractions keep you from it. Because if you do, that's going to be delusional. If you really, if you really have these, these lofty goals and you're not planning or you're making it, you're just throwing stuff out there, that's not how you're going to make things happen. Right. You got to be purposeful in what you're trying to do. And you got to make it make real sense and let somebody hold you accountable. So like you, if you, you guys are good friends, you know, Whatever you want to do, like you guys are doing here at this podcast, it's going to go as far as you want to take it because there's a purpose behind it, right? So whatever you want to do with it, then keep that purpose before you, right? And and hold each other accountable so that way you can get to that next level, and that's how you make things happen. Funny story. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had the opportunity to uh, – embody that last weekend. So um, it was good to hear you say that to kind of confirm some of our approaches. So, yeah. Awesome. Any, on me. Um, let me ask you this is, 
you talked about you talked about your 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 two children. You briefly mentioned them, and you were saying there was a lot of things you want to pass down to them. If there, if you had to choose just one, obviously you're going to pass a lot of things. But if your children get to where they're your age and they find themselves on a podcast and they get asked about, you know, what did what did your what did your your pops teach you? What's the one thing if you if you had the opportunity to pick the thing that you would want them to learn from you? What would be that thing? Man, that's a great question because, you know, we were talking about fatherhood earlier. And, you know, I think that is still revolving or evolving for me, Caesar. But if I had to say something right, if I had to give them something now, um, I would say whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is you, 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 you want to be, um, take God with you. And most importantly, let it be something you can apply in your everyday life. And what I mean by that is, see, there's nothing I learned in, in, in college or even high school or even law school for some, some importance that got me here. Because what got me here was faith in God and being willing to push past a lot of fear and distractions that the things I started doing, I just like to see the cleaning business. These are things that, you know, I knew I wanted to do. I just applied it to a business, you know. So I would teach my kids to, um, whatever you're going to do, can you apply it in your everyday life? Where you can turn it into an asset or you can turn it into something that can that can grow for you. And I would say, too, if I, I know I'm, I'm probably giving a lot here, but like I said, it's still evolving. Do a business. Don't, you know, I'm all for you doing, you doing your career. I'm all for you going out here and seeing the world. But, man, have a business in your pocket. You know, create an asset, something that can take care of you or you can create and it's paying you even after you back away from it, you know. But I think it's still evolving for me because, you know, I'm, you know, my kids are still very young. If anything, I'm hoping they can catch what I'm doing, you know. So, you know, sometimes I take my little girl to my office, and you know, you probably saw me take pictures. of I that. saw a picture of her having yeah. the headset on. Mm-hmm. With the, yeah, yeah, that was cute. That was cute. Because I want her to be around that, you know. Yeah. Um, I want her and my son to see that, you know, this is what daddy does, and then pretty soon, my, you know, you probably see this too as your kids start getting, just, they start asking a lot of questions. And so my daughter said, Dad, you going to work? Hey, why? And, and um, what's this about? And, and, and how does this work? And so those are the times where I'm so thankful that I'm not a, a, a dad that pushes my kids off. I'll sit there and, and, and just answer her questions. And so that's important for me. Um, so, yeah. Nice. Uh, Louis, forgive me. I'm all over the place. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> that's part of the package with me. Um, you talked about the trillions of dollars that are going to be made available in the next 25 years or so. And the percentage that black people were kind of estimated to, to get, um, with the, I don't want to go in detail on that, but like just in general, what, what do black people need to know just in terms of like financial literacy or just those, those stepping stones, those building stones for building solid practices to make sure you're at the very least, Financially stable. Now that's a great question. Yeah, I don't think he was all over the place with that one. Okay, that's, that's a great <laughs> he was on question. target. Actually. Well, he said that earlier. <laughs> it just you've got mail. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna explain. You know, financial literacy. 
Um, so let's talk about that. You know, one thing in my business with uh, being a regional vice president for a company like Primerica and, and, and having my business, LGR Financial Services, is that we teach people principles on how money works, but more importantly, what you should be doing now to put your money to work for you. So for one, every person who can hear my voice, you need to protect your number one asset. That's your ability to make a living. Okay, so you gotta have that in place because let's say you and I started a business today and we started investing today, but we die tomorrow. How would that business and that investment take care of your wife and your kids? It's not, even though we know starting a business and investing is really good. What your family's gonna need, God forbid, that happened too soon is a bunch of money to come to the house to where even though they're mourning you, they got some financial support to get through the crossroads. So you need life insurance, okay, to, to set that foundation to ensure your income outside of that you need to be putting your money in things that can work harder for you than you can work for it and that's where maybe starting a business uh, investing in mutual funds stock market you know investing in real estate these are things that we as a people are just not doing enough of now we see people out there who talk about it but in terms of the numbers it's very alarming compared to our counterparts so the reason why I started a title insurance business is because I wanted to have some ownership in the real estate arena. And nothing puts you on every side of the transaction than a title insurance business, right? So at one point, I was going to, I did some research. I was going to start buying all these properties with the money I had been saving. And then the, the eviction and moratorium comes in. I'm not going to do that. Because can you imagine if I bought those properties and people are not paying the mortgage? Now I'm stuck with paying all those mortgages on those properties. So I went from doing that to having ownership in a real estate business or brokerage as well as owning a title insurance business. And that's a way where no matter what happens, I'm on every side of the transaction, but I'm also not a landlord. Now, don't be wrong. I'm not saying don't be a landlord. I'm not saying don't invest in property. I'm just saying do your homework and how you want to do it. At one point, I was going to buy a bunch at one time, and so I'm glad I didn't do that. So we, these are things that a lot of our people are not doing. They're talking about it, but they don't even know where to start. Okay, and so what can help us do that, I think our church does a good job of, of putting that financial awareness in, in before people. But these are things we got to do in our, in our homes. I mean, one thing that my wife do, we have a budget. What, what allowed me to take my wife of her job, I need her, I needed her to work for a little bit to know where she brings in and what I'm bringing in currently to know, okay, so if you fall out, this is what I need to make up, right? Mm -hmm. I need the budget to guide us. So that way, if or when we were doing that budget, <clears throat> as we're setting those measures, I knew at a certain point in time, okay, if my business keeps earning this kind of income, I can literally see your income being obsolete. But I couldn't do that without having a budget and us talking about it. Another thing, too, not keeping secrets. You know, I see a lot of marriages. I mean, for me and my business, man, I tell you, I'll never forget how many people come in, hey, you run this car, don't let my wife, don't let my husband see it. Well, look. If you're gonna be secret, if you gonna if you got if your money has to be a secret, trust me, the fall won't be, the financial ruin won't be because you're not talking Thanks. about it together, you know. So my wife knows where all my stashes are. She knows where I keep this. She knows where I do that. She knows what accounts I have over here, and she knows why. And then I made I put her on all the accounts. So if something happened to me, she can still go out there and get it. So we got we got a transfer of wealth that's coming that a lot of our people are just not doing the basics. And then if they are doing it, you got so many companies out there selling our people the wrong stuff. Right. Trust me, 
what we're being sold to what we're being sold compared to certain things, other counterparts being sold are totally different. So like for instance, you hear a lot of people talking about buy this whole life and be yourself your own banking system. I'm here to tell you, you're not your own banking system with a whole life pause. I don't care. I don't care how long the title is. The longer the title, the faster you shrink away. If you see Universal Life, Universal Plus, Universal Plus Flex, you need to be running fast from those products. Now, I'm not saying that you can't do both. I think the best and most important policy to get started is a term policy because, for one, it's less expensive. You can buy a lot more coverage. With a whole policy, it's much more expensive, and you can't really buy the amount your family needs because they're, ta- they're tacking on the cash value side. Mm-hmm. But unless you know the rule of 72, if it doesn't grow fast enough, what you're saving is really not going to be enough for your family to do anything with it. So the rule of 72 states that if you don't have your money in something that's earning at least 8% or more, it can take your money anywhere 72 years before it doubles. So if me and, your, and our grandfathers gave us $20,000, I go ahead and just put in the whole life policy or, or a regular savings account, and you go put it in a mutual fund or, or something that has 8%. By year 10 or 20, not only would your money have doubled, it probably would have tripled, and my money would still be the same. You see my point? Oh, yeah. So these are things that we just haven't been taught. And so this is why I want to get into the financial service arena so that I can start teaching this because, you know, once you start, once I started to get things better for myself, I'm like, man, I got I to gotta share this information. So it's very important that we do our due diligence financially. So when that time comes, our kids will own lands, they'll own businesses, they'll, have a, they'll own stocks, they'll own bonds, they'll have their own real estate to where when that transfer of wealth comes, we'll be it'll be more than three percent. Right now, we're putting our money in Jordans. Ooh. you know, we're putting our money in cars. <laughs> yeah. I like nice cars. I ain't driving a nice one today, but I like nice cars. Yeah. But I let the I let the asset, like my wife said, you gotta let the asset take care of the the luxury. So I had one car. And I'm not ashamed to tell you, I took it back. Yeah, I took it back because I felt like you know I can do better with that money. Mmm. You know, so, and this where you got. This is where you have to be. It's when you have the information, like, right? Like, like the information in you now can't let you settle with just yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Real nice car, took it back. It wasn't. It really wasn't helping me because I didn't have an asset. Though I was making, I make great money. What the asset wasn't taking care of it. Right. So, once again, if you're going to be a good teacher, you got you got to follow your own your own information. So. These are just things we, and I know it, a lot of us just wasn't taught this. You know, a lot of us was taught what our grandparents taught us. I mean, our grandparents told us, you know, get a whole policy. They didn't know no better. They just did, they knew what they knew. But when you know better, you do better. And so we just got to educate ourselves so that we can be in that position. And I think nothing does that better than the things we just said. Lewis, what, what do you say, sound advice number one, what do you say to that person who's like, man, that sounds good, and I want that. But man, right now, man, I'm only making like forty grand, and I'm rubbing two pennies together just to whatever. Is it is it out of the curiosity that that person could still set themselves up for financial success? And and I asked that on the premise of you were in a position where you had two hundred dollars. Right, right. <laughs> Let's be real with that. That's a great question. So statistically, or most economists have reported that a family of four. That's only bringing in forty thousand for the year. If they can add three hundred dollars monthly consistently to their to their home, they can literally get out of debt just off three hundred dollars coming in consistently. So it's not a lot of money that has to be 
made, it has to be rightly focused. Okay? You, I can show you people who only make 30-something thousand a year, but they're wealthy because of where they put that money. So the first thing you got to do is pay yourself. A lot of times we're not paying ourselves. When we, so when we, me and my wife had a budget on the expense side with savings because you got to have savings in there. You can't just be out here spending on power bill, groceries, gas, GM, whatever you want to say, but you gas. don't have nothing for yeah, gas. <laughs> you don't have no, you don't have nothing for savings. Right. Yeah. Now with the savings, you know whatever that may look like, it could be paying off a credit card at a certain point in time. It could put maybe thirty, forty dollars towards a stock to let it grow over time. I mean, think about it. If you're putting that much money into a stock, and you've been doing it for three to five years. I guarantee you that's going to be a better place than it was if you never started. But my point I'm making is it's not how it's not what you make. It's what you do with what you make. Right. And a lot of times we're we're not understanding that. So, yeah, family of four or if, he's, if this person is by themselves and they're only making 40000 I say you're in a good position then. But you're only in a good position if you're willing to sit down and put yourself in that position. So, yes, when I had $200 in my pocket, the next month I didn't have $200. I had a lot more because I was able to take the, the numbers I went over earlier and say, okay, ooh, I made that. Because what's so good about God, he always gives you more than what you need. Mm, appreciate that. And I could, and I, you know, I'm not lying. You come to my house, I can show you that paperwork, man. I was doing, I was in the incline. I was, I was not in the decline. Every month I was getting better and better and better, right? But you can ask my cousin. I was, doing, I was putting the time in. They'd be nice. Man, I passed by your shop. You there. It's 12 o'clock, man. What you doing? I'm, I, I'm my own admin. I'm my own secretary. I got to do all this stuff, right? Or sometimes I'm still working on a car. And then I would go take a nap and got to wake up and go clean an apartment at 2 o'clock in the morning and get done at 6. So I did all that myself before I hired people. And those are things that, you know, um, I did for a while. So it's just, but I was never, even though I felt physically tired, I wasn't mentally tired. Because the purpose will drive you. The purpose will get you past it. So, yeah. What would you say um in closing to the person who understands that purpose and that work ethic and that drive you said you came off of a vacation you opened up with that i heard i heard another entrepreneur on another podcast say that they get fidgety after x amount of days of being on vacation do you deal with that or do you have you learned how to balance that uh, as it pertains, because you did say you work hard and you play hard. Is it, have you found the balance in terms of enjoying life or is it just a constant gear of you working? You know what, bro? You know, we hear the word balance a lot. <clears throat> I think Kevin Hart said something about this one time. And when he said it, it really made sense. True success is not really balanced. It's, it's just managed. Mm. Um, you can have balance in, in some things, but what I mean by that is I have learned to realize that no matter how wealthy or how great life can get, I can't take that stuff with me, right? <laughs> I can't take That's it with a me. Fact. So you got to enjoy life. I mean, you know, in the midst of you doing what you're trying to do, if you're out there trying to build a business, you're trying to, you know, grow your family, don't sacrifice your family for the money. Let the money or let your family be a motivation to say, you know what, I, I want to go to Hawaii. I'm going to take the whole family. My parents never did that. I'm sure if they could, they would. So for me, I would encourage you to build your businesses, do what things you want to do, create wealth, but also create memories. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you know, make sure you're managing those things because as long as you're managing well, it'll be there for your children's children. But your children are not going to be more appreciative of all the money you're going to be making. It's the memories. So I don't, when I go, I don't think about my business. I ain't take no, I ain't take no, uh, no book. <laughs> I ain't take no calendar with me. I just took my family. Now I had my cell phone. You know, people gonna text me, but I'm like, look, if it's not important, I, I I trust you. I know you got it. And so that's what it is. You know, it's you know manage it. You know, I know it's, it's easy to say that. Being being honest, because at first, the first three or four years, yeah, I didn't take no vacations. You know. But I had to realize, too, man, you know, there are a lot of folks, man, who are out there working hard. They died. They had no chance to enjoy it. So manage it. Enjoy life because you can't take it with you. But manage it so it's still being it's still properly being built. You can leave something. You can build a legacy. But enjoy life because your family needs to enjoy those memories. And that's what, we, that's what I'm doing this for. Um, because I want my kids to have good memories, good, good experiences. And that's to me is is really really important. Good stuff, man. Get you got anything, man? Nah, he just he just he put a bar on us right there, like <laughs> <laughs> very well put, Lewis. This is a time for you to just plug whatever you want to plug. And by the way, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to just come and just chop it up with us and just give us a lot of great insight. Uh, go ahead and plug away, man. What do you want people to know? <laughs> Well, um, this may sound cheesy. Uh, this may sound religious, but it's not. I just want to give God glory and honor. You know, um, I'm, whatever all the great things you said, man, honestly, I, I give him the glory for it. I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm still learning myself. But I tell my wife and I tell anybody who asks me, I wouldn't be this far in any business if it wasn't for God. I, there, there, there are things I'm still learning, Caesar. Um, I don't think I'm the best businessman out there. I'm just thankful I'm able to, to participate in that arena. And I, and I think that he gives me the glory to do so, or he gives me energy and the, and the ability to do so. Um, if anything, hey, if you got something you want to do, don't look left, don't look right, don't even look behind you. Just go straight ahead and make sure that your plans, your 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 desires are all meeting together to make that happen. And be a, a surefire of yourself. Um, if anything, I can tell you, I never doubted myself. You know, in the midst of everything, I never doubt myself. I was willing to make a decision and see it through. But I was also willing to listen to criticism. You know, if I asked you, hey, what can I do better? I really didn't mean it. And you should, you need to let people speak into you who you know have good hearts. They're not just trying to say it because they're jealous. But you really do want that feedback. Don't be afraid of feedback. It only makes you better because they, people can see things in you or around you that can give you some nuggets that can help you get ahead. And if you guys need somebody uh, to guide you through any kind of financial, uh, you know, consulting for business, I'm always here. And um, that's it. How can I reach you if they need that consulting? So you can reach me at 205-920-2669. That's 205-920-2669. Or you can email me at uh, LuisRodriguezJD at gmail.com. And I'll be more than happy to... uh, set a plan for you and get you going. Lewis, thanks so much for coming through. By the way, it's good to see you, man. It's been a while. I know, I know. Darn COVID. (laughs) Uh, 
Thanks for coming by. Guys, thank you for checking out our latest and greatest episode. You already know what to do, guys. We're out on YouTube posting content on a weekly basis. Please be sure to hit us up at the THA tipping point. Those are three separate words on YouTube. Please go and subscribe. The autocorrect will try to change, take you somewhere else, but it's the THA tipping point. All right. Also, you can find us on social media. That's Twitter and Instagram at the tipping point. One word. You can find us there. Please subscribe or follow us there. We will greatly appreciate it. Take us on out, Gat. <laughs> May the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. Go in peace. Have a great, successful week. Be safe out there. And as always, I'm Caesar Walker. That guy across from me is Ronnie Gatry. And with our powers combined, we are the Tipping Point Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Awesome. That was a buck twelve with nine minutes lead time. Bam. <laughs>